Welcome to The Pen and the Yod. Join Rabbi Michael Siegel and author Jonathan Eig as they talk about this week's Torah portion of Hukat, Leading and Listening, Two of the Components of Great Leadership. Do you remember when John F. Kennedy was assassinated? Uh, before I was born, I'm afraid. Uh, but, uh, that was, was a just... it was a painful question to, for me. To, I knew I knew uh, it was I'm a, so it was young. Like, I'm just a spring chicken, you know. There was a red light going on. Don't ask this question. Don't ask. I was this born question. the next year. I was probably uh, already. Yeah. My mom was probably already pregnant. I guess. Yes, she was definitely. Well, I. It was on a Friday. I remember it clearly. I was uh, about eight years old, and uh, I remember. Um, we had Cantor's Club. It was like a choir at the synagogue. Why it was in this is a whole question unto itself. But <laughs> I went and I got there and um, it, we, we, it was canceled. And I remember the Cantor coming and talking to us and kind of just being struck with that there was something horrible had happened. But in my memory then, there was the sense that I couldn't conceive of President Kennedy no longer being president, right? This was, you know, even for an eight-year-old, this was a period of Camelot, and it was exciting, and he was dashing, and the presidency felt filled with promise, and I just didn't know what to do with this, which I think, you know, my father I remember my father telling me that when the news came on the radio, people simply pulled over on the side of the road and burst into tears. And he said he was standing there and people were crying and he was crying. I mean, the country just was overcome. And I think about the lost promise of leadership when leaders die in the midst of their work. Right. And so many of our greatest leaders have been cut short. Their lives have been cut short. Um you know, often by assassination, unfortunately, I think in part because leaders are, are putting themselves at risk. They're putting themselves at the at the front of the line and, and knowingly doing so, knowing that that they were putting themselves in danger and that they they could be assassinated by people who were opposed to their leadership. I think that's right. They lived with his danger. Certainly Lincoln did. I don't think Kennedy so much. Or you have the specter of death with uh, FDR. Right. He was he was not a well man. And you could see that 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 it was impacting him. There's Gandhi, you know, who dies in the midst of his leadership. So this is not a new story. Now, the twist in this week's Torah reading, which is Chukat, is that Moses seems like he is in the prime of his leadership. Right. The people are in the precipice of the promised land and God takes him out of commission. God replaces him. God informs him in this week's Torah portion that he's not going to be the leader who's going to take the people across the Jordan River into the promised land. That is just a remarkable, remarkable moment that Moses, who had brought the plagues down on Egypt, who had put the, held the staff out in front of the sea and it split, the one who went to Sinai and received the Torah, that Moses isn't going to be allowed to, to enter the promised land. How is that possibly fair? No, it doesn't seem fair. Um, but, you know, I, I would contend that um, most of the leaders that we think of who are, you know, leading nations or leading mass movements are aware that this is bigger than themselves and that they're not doing this to get to the finish line. They're not doing this to 
to win the Super Bowl and get that ring and then they're done, they're aware that they're trying to change the, the you know, the, the arc of history, as Martin Luther King put it, another figure who, you know, who didn't get to the, uh, to the end to see the, his dream fulfilled. But I think that they, they, they must have a sense of that going in, that they are trying something really difficult, perhaps impossible, something that may not succeed and that they may not, as King, you know, vividly said, I may not get there with you. I have seen the promised land, but I may not get there with you. So I I kind of think that um, it's not all that shocking. And it, in some ways, it comes with the job of, of leading a, an important movement or leading a people. Well, I think the greatness of a leader can be measured not only by the decisions they make while they're in office, but the greatness of a leader is can also be measured by the work they've done to produce successors mm -hmm. to build a system that will continue to grow and thrive even when they're no longer at the helm. I mean, this was certainly George Washington, his decision to not accept the kingship of the colonies, which many people wanted him to do, and instead really walking away and making sure that there would be a succession of leaders. And I think you'd also agree that there are many, many leaders that spend as much time fortifying themselves and ensuring that no one can take their place. I think it's the exception to the rule, actually, when you have leaders who are willing to step down, at least especially in our age. That's right. I think, you know, Washington is unusual in that respect. And, and most leaders are so caught up in, in their own power or caught up in their own movement. And so... Um, juggling so many things and, you know, in some cases possessed of such big egos that they can't really think about um, the transition. They can't think about whether it's time, whether the movement would be served best by, by stepping aside um, or, you know, as you said, you know, preparing for the future because look none of us gets out of uh, this earth alive we all have missions that we're not going to see completed you know we all you know raise our kids knowing that that we're not going to uh be there all forever and and uh, you you do the best you can to um to set them up for success and i think leaders have to sort of put their own egos aside and, and think about it the same way but I would also suggest that that Moses is untimely, uh, the untimely ending to his leadership is reflective of something else. And I think it's a failure on Moses's part that the Torah is pointing to that may have um, a larger lesson here as well. Because what, what happens in the story is, is that Miriam dies and here her two brothers are mourning. Aaron and Moses, and they're in their tent, and they are mourning, and they're brokenhearted. Remember, Miriam saved Moses, literally uh, went to Pharaoh's daughter. Miriam was a prophetess herself. She led the women in song and dance after the splitting of the sea. Miriam was an extraordinarily important figure, and obviously an important figure in Moses and Aaron's life. And suddenly, while they are in mourning, the people come outside of their tent and say, where's the water? We don't have water. And they are complaining incessantly. And God tells Moses, speak to the rock and water will flow. But what does Moses do? Moses takes the very staff that he used to split the sea, and he begins to hit the rock, and he cries out. He says, listen, you rebels, shall we get water from you out of the rock? This is a really extraordinary thing. Number one, 
He disregards the specific command of God. That's number one. But do you really feel like this this warrants his not being allowed to go into the promised land? Do you think it's fair? No, it's a great question. And I think, you know, the bigger issue maybe is, um, you know, whether he has served his purpose. He's done all he can do. He's done enough. And it's time for someone else to lead. Uh, or, you know, maybe this is just a sign that he's um, not in touch the way he should be in touch with listening to God, listening to the people. You know, maybe leaders are flawed and they're, they need to adapt with the times, stay in touch with what made them good leaders in the be- in, to begin with. If we drill down on what you just said and say, well, what does it take to be a great leader? Let's put charisma aside. Let's put all of those ephemeral elements that we seem to associate with leadership in our age aside. And let's think about it from the biblical point of view. Moses represents something bigger than himself. Moses represents God and this covenantal idea. And when he challenges God by saying, by, by not following the command, when he challenges God by hitting the rock, when he challenges God by screaming at the people and calling them rebels, he's not a very good representative of God. He doesn't reflect well on the larger mission. And perhaps that's the exact reason that he's no longer allowed to lead. When the leader forgets the mission and makes it about himself or herself, Maybe that's the time for the exit sign to go on. Yeah, that's what I was going to uh, say. I couldn't agree with you more. You know, it's when you when you start thinking about yourself and how you're going to be looked at and you forget why you're doing this and who you're leading and, and why they need you, then, uh, you know, maybe you've outlived your usefulness as a leader. Well, I think that I think there's a lot to that. There comes a point where if a leader loses the excitement of what can be, and has that sense, well, we've been here before, we've tried this idea. That's a signal that perhaps new leadership is needed. Look, we are living at a time, it's a fascinating time, this post-COVID era, when leaders are being challenged in very significant ways. What's the way forward? What is the right way when nothing is the way it used to be, where people have changed. How do we innovate? What decisions do we need to make um, that are going to lead us forward? I can tell you, just as a leader of, of our congregation, that the decisions that we've made in the last couple of years, I would never have dreamed of making beforehand. We had been talking about technology before before COVID hit, uh, the possibility of videotaping our services not even streaming them, just just recording them, and that was already already a controversy. And here we are now with equipment, and we stream everything. And I'm going to start teaching a class tomorrow, and that class is going to be taught at the synagogue, but it's also streaming. It's also streaming at the same time. The changes have been significant, but the leadership issues have also been crushing in a way. How do you change and how do you lead the congregation forward in a way where, you, where you're trying not to set precedents that you can't readjust after the period of pandemic lifts? But how do you go forward? And th- those are very hard leadership issues. Yeah, and and as a result of these changes and these challenges, you know, the institution will be reshaped in ways you can't even imagine. And it's a special kind of leader. And I say this with 
nothing but praise for you. It's a special kind of leader who can not only make those judgments in the moment, but then ride it out and, and still lead through the changes because you don't know what you're unleashing. You don't know what forces are, are going to, uh, you know, compel the rest of the journey because we've never been through anything like this before. And certainly Moses and, and the Israelites had never been through anything like this before. So it's, it's tough to lead as conditions change so dramatically. I think that's true. I think what we've done at Anchiamat is we've always put the congregation first. What are the people experiencing? What do they need in this moment? What's going to speak to them? And I think that's precisely where Moses lost the mandate to lead. When he begins to kind of turn on his own people who are asking something legitimate, they needed water. I don't want to beat the, the analogy to death, but look, we needed something spiritual. We, I think we were thirsty for something at a very scary time. So to say, well, we're, the synagogue is going to close down for the next three years and we'll see on the other side, that doesn't work. You know, they, right. they, we're not, we're, what do we gain from that? We've managed the tradition. We figured out different ways to do that. Other congregations have done the same. And by the way, I include the Orthodox congregations as well, who created all kinds of backyard minions and things like this. People pivoted. And I think that's what the leadership has been about. And I frankly am very proud of what rabbis have done across the country to not only preserve, but also to um, strengthen the synagogues as we've gone forward. Now, what, what happens going forward? I don't know. But I think at the, at the end of the day, Moses has shown that he's no longer the right leader for the people. And that's what this really boils down to. It's not God judging him harshly. I think God is actually protecting Moses by announcing that he's no longer going to lead because it's not going to get better. It's not going to snap back. He was no longer in a position to lead. And I hope that when my time to step down uh, comes, that I will be uh, open. And I certainly am planning on that as we go forward. But I think that's what leadership is about, as you said earlier. It's about where, you know, what have I done? What can we do? And who's going to lead us going forward? Yeah, the great leader knows that they don't finish the job and, and uh, is prepared for that and does their best for the community. As you said, it's about the people. It's about the people you're leading, not about yourself. You know, I think that's something we all, even those of us who are not in positions of leadership can, can keep in mind that what are we doing to prepare the people around us to take over and to whatever the next step may be in our lives, in our families, in our organizations. I, I couldn't agree more. I think Dr. King, by the way, offered the greatest example of that for all time of what leaders who focus on their people and the needs of their people and not themselves. That At the same time, he, he didn't build a great organization and didn't have a, a strong successor, and the organization really struggled when he was gone. So, I mean, there's there's mixed messages in all of these stories. Well, on that happy note, Jonathan. Yeah, sorry <laughs> to, ruin your, <laughs> to ruin your climax. All right. Well, thank you. Well, thank you, and for your leadership. 